Welcome! Welcome, lovely listeners, to another episode of the Soccer Capital Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Turner, and joining me in our studios in deep southern Illinois is a man who paid for his free ticket to the City 2 game on Sunday by carrying a banner. It's producer Mason. How are you doing? How was your week, Mason? I'm doing fine. Uh, apparently, I was on the broadcast momentarily. That's always fun. Oh, well, good for you. <laughs> All of the uh, tens of people outside of St. Louis that saw the MLS Next Pro stream of the game got to see your yeah your beautitious mug. <laughs> and and I must deeply apologize to them for that. You ought to. And joining us from a space somewhere in the wilds of uh, West St. Louis County is a man who just doesn't like Mondays. How's your day going, Sean Campbell? Oh, you know, it was going pretty great until I realized, oh, wait, we're recording today, not tomorrow. This is throwing me way out of whack. Yeah, some people know it, put it on uh, Discord, saw me at the game. I started a new job today with training, which made for a long day, considering after the City 2 game, we didn't get home until nearly midnight after hanging around way too long. And was up at 7 and trying to go to the first day of work. But I got through it. Just as I'll get through this show, ladies and gentlemen. It's going to be a drag for us all. Don't worry. We will drag you along with us. Yep. And if you got any comments, anything like that, hey, jump on to our new Discord channel. Uh, Mason, you going to put the invite in the show notes this week? Yeah. Did I forget last week? I don't think so. <laughs> I was going to say, uh, if you did, you only had one job. <laughs> you had one job. But we digress, as we often do. Uh, there was some big news this week with City 2, wasn't there, Mason? <laughs> much, much news. Um, yeah, so you may recall last week we had it announced that the last City 2 game would be at Centene. Turns out that did not happen. <laughs> Ixnay on that day. Yeah. There was outside construction, which took down the stadium's uh, electrical grid, and they weren't able to get it fixed in time. Seemingly, it's a pretty big repair, because uh, the game, tailgate, everything had to be moved to SIUE, and we will get to this, but the next game's also going to be at SIUE. <laughs> On that, yeah, that uh, the, the announcement came through late. What was it, nine, ten o'clock at night on Friday night? Must have been a, a sweaty afternoon in the front office for St. Louis City SC uh, management and executives trying to figure out how what they're going to do now. Uh, but uh, big crowd showed up, big game, uh, taking on Sporting KC two, the final regular season game. A lot on the line in this one. And uh, I'll hide it from you if you haven't heard. And if you haven't, you've been waiting on us. Uh, <laughs> City 2 won the Western Conference. So they get home field throughout until MLS Next Pro Final, or Cup, I guess they would call it. Yeah. Uh, they are now officially in the MLS Next Pro Cup run. Uh, <laughs> and uh, it was, well, we were at the game. It was loud. Yeah. Supporters were in a full voice. It was hot. Tailgate was a blast. As it all, as always. The game, there was some excitement. Uh, 
Did you say that the uh, Sporting KC2 goalkeeper was like 16, you think? Yeah, I think that's yes. what I heard. They kept, they kept announcing it over the broadcast. I, for those of you that were not at the game, I was, in fact, streaming the game on the Discord. Just another benefit of joining our little community. Um, but yes, he was 16 years old, and boy, did he put on a clinic in net. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, he went all Andre Blake on us. He, he was it, it single-handedly made it a 1-1 draw. Uh, which wasn't too thrilling in it. But what was thrilling is watching on FOTMOB in the stands during the game and watching the Timbers 2, the worst team in the Western Conference, knock off the first place Tacoma Defiance in, well, somewhere outside Tacoma. I don't remember the name of the town. Uh, 2-0. Uh, St. Louis City got the draw. They did lose this silly little shootout, but... Uh, it was enough. They're Western Conference champions of MLS Next Pro's igno- inaugural season. I can spell it. But I can't say it. <laughs> and it's a pretty amazing accomplishment for a, you know, development team that has no first team. Yeah. Not yet. Uh, pretty amazing. I'm going to be honest. I didn't think the T2 could do it. <laughs> I don't think a lot of people did. We yeah. were shouting out the scores and going out the, it was, the, the uh, announcers was on the stream did not either they kept saying <laughs> as as they would get updates periodically like every 10 or so minutes five ten minutes they run the scoreboard up in the corner for for those of us at home and they kept every time that would go go up they'd be like surprisingly it's still nil nil and then when they went when timbers when tubers went up oh man did they go they Mm, they had a moment. They're like, oh, my goodness. And then they <laughs> yeah. kept updating us on the live standings of, you know, if this result holds, if this result holds, if this result holds, it's like, all right, we get it. St. Louis is winning the Western Conference. I get it. I'm celebrating I, already. I, Let's go. I was, yeah, I was in the stands and during stoppage time, like, oh, man, oh, man, it's going to happen. <laughs> yeah, to get the notification. I, I thought the only way the Timbers 2 could beat them uh, on the road was if they got a red card early against Tacoma. They didn't get one early. It was in the 61st minute, and then they scored like four minutes later, just bing, bing across my phone. Uh, and then they scored the second one and held on. And uh, raucous, raucous. We were chanting Western, what were we chanting? Western Conference champs at the team. Well, it, yeah, after um, after stoppage ended, uh, after full time, before they went into... Uh into the shootout i just started screaming we won the west we won the west and i could see uh austin and uh the capos down there and they were like they started playing along and then they all looked at each other like did did we what was the tacoma result (laughs) (laughs) yep and uh got it done that was that was exhilarating to be quite honest uh the scoring and the rundown of the game uh for St. Louis City SC, it was uh, the Kyle Hebert show. So he put in a, well, let's call it a thunderous header. And, boy, that was early, the 12th minute. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, uh, it was a real nice goal. Uh, Keel Watts had a perfect absolutely. service in from a corner. Uh, far, far oh, end, yeah, I think. Great ball in. Yeah. and uh, Great yeah. ball in, beautiful header. Mm-hmm. Clinical. Yeah. Textbook. Over there by the berm. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's people waving flags on the berm. I don't know which team they were waving flags for. <laughs> Maybe SIUE. 
<laughs> well, I will say this from the stream. They they were not mentioned, but they did, in fact, look like they were wearing pink. So uh, I, I, I don't think SIUE is pink. I think that's just us and our quote unquote city red. Yeah. But no, I did like that uh, the one time that we're at a game and that berm is occupied is when it's a free game. <laughs> yeah. On that, maybe they were waving a real SIU uh, flag after the Salukis took down Northwestern this past weekend in football. The Big Tens, Northwestern, by the way. Uh, but that's for another show. Maybe I'll start that show. Anyway, uh, yeah, Kyle Hebert gets a thunderous header. It's 1-0, 12th minute. Uh, I think it was Hebert that got the second ball in the back of the net uh, on a scrum in front of the goal. I couldn't really tell. Yeah, that was later on. I don't know who it was that scored that one. but kind of looked like it was him watching the highlights, but I couldn't tell. But he's offside, so flag Which, went up. I, it sure didn't look offside from where I was sitting. But <laughs> Yeah, but you're a little biased, and your sight lines are bad. It was. Seeing the re- seeing it on the stream, he he was just barely, but uh, yeah, I, I do believe it was in fact Hebert. Uh, a lot of chances throughout the game, and as we mentioned, the sixteen-year-old goalkeeper for uh, Sporting KC two, who had an odd name that I just escapes me at the moment, and I don't have it written down. Ceylon. Yeah, that was it. Uh, man, he had quite a game. He was saving shots all over the place, some defense. Real uh, good saves, too, because we was, had really good chances. City had a lot of chances. Looked like they were going to do it. They just couldn't get the uh, second goal that probably would have put the game away. Uh, they couldn't get it, and uh, game kept going. Then all of a sudden, against the run of play in the 69, uh, 59th minute, uh, Samir Pedro kind of made mash out of a... Uh, well, pass the, out of the back. In the 59th minute, Selmir Pedro comes on. Well, he and comes on four, min- 60- four minutes later. Uh, yeah. He, uh, gets he a, got a bad touch. Looked like he was trying to put it on his other foot to pass across the back. He gets absolutely rinsed. And yeah, bad Played touch. Left it open. Yeah. Two on one break against the goalkeeper. It was, oh, it, w- it was a goal as soon as he lost the ball. You could just tell. They, they had the goal. They had the goalkeeper, uh, Turning every which way. Good play by Sporting KC, too. Uh, not really a good play by Pedro. No. Uh, that was disappointing. But yeah, and, uh, absolutely left Creek out to dry on that one. There yeah. was nothing he could do. And uh, it stayed that way even through the eight minutes of stoppage? Nine. Nine. Why did we have nine minutes of stoppage in that second half? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> there was a couple um, injuries, because- but... There were plenty of injuries. There was a lot of extra time spent around, you know, around free kicks and stuff like that. It, it the nine the nine made sense. Okay, yeah, it did seem to be dragging on at the stadium. Actually, uh, uh, the game, uh, a lot of chances at the end. Uh, Sporting KC actually had a couple of there. Yeah, in the it, run of play, it got kind of back and forth and crazy chaotic. Going for a winner, what you expect. So it ends one one. A draw. They go to the shootout, which is silly. Um, And uh, in the shootout, Michael Creek gets the first stop against Vasquez, but uh, Ben DeRosa and uh, the kid Isaac Isaac, Isaac Jensen uh, got stuffed by the kid in goal. And uh, 
SK2, SKC2 walked away with that extra point, frivolous extra point. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and uh, St. Louis City SC2, or however you want to call it, St. Louis City 2, I guess is what you'd call it. St. <laughs> Tuis. St. Tuis. No. <laughs> play an MLS Next Pro. It's a mouthful, ladies and gentlemen. Glad I don't have to put, write that out on my you know, letters and stuff. <laughs> uh, Glad we don't have to say it every week. <laughs> but they, they get to hang a banner. Western Conference champions. Yeah, I uh, I did. I made fun of uh, of it to uh, my friend who was there at the game with us that um, SKC2 was celebrating real hard like they really had done something. And I, was, I just leaned over and I was like, I don't know why they're celebrating so hard. We just won the West and they were not even in the playoffs. But it was it was a bittersweet result to not get a win there. But we got what we needed to get. Got what we needed. Satisfaction. And a game this coming Sunday. Mm-hmm. What's going on with that, Mason? So, uh, we got the quarterfinals coming up. Conference semis um, against North Texas, the fourth seed. Um, that is going to be Sunday the 25th. Kickoff is at 6.30 p.m. We had a glimmer of hope because when they put out the schedules, they had the stadium listed as TBD. But TBC, I whatever that means. No, it was TBD. Oh, I saw time. TBC in somewhere. It was actually TBD this time. But no, I this morning it's been updated. It's at Ralph Cordy. So Centene is still not ready, unfortunately. Damn, power outage. <laughs> yeah, but uh, like we alluded to, we're recording on Monday. By the time that this is out, the tickets will already be up for sale. They go on sale tomorrow morning for us on the 20th. Um, you can get them on SeatGeek. They are $15 a pop. And, and through the app. Yeah, because the, the, you hit, you go to the app and you hit tickets and then you hit buy tickets and then that opens up the SeatGeek website. <laughs> of course, by the time you hear that, uh, who knows? People might decide to cross the river and fill up the stadium. It's pretty full. Mm. They kept... If there's, if there's one thing I will say about this town, if nothing else, they are they will show up and show out for playoff any sport. I was going to say, it does we not keep, matter. We keep Front making, runners. Yeah. <laughs> Bandwagoners. But no, we keep we keep making these jokes about like, oh, no one crosses the river. Every time that I went to a game at Ralph Cordy, it was damn near full. I don't know why we kept doing that, because it was not true. Pretty good crowds, especially if you watched any of the streams and you see some of the away fields that are empty. just absolutely empty, and then you listen to listen or watch the games at uh, Ralph Cordy or... Even at Herman. Even at Herman, uh, the supporter section's in full voice, and you just hear them, it's so loud. The drums, fleur de noise, uh, banging out the songs for, uh, in this case, 98. I think there was a minute in the first half, 99 minutes plus the kicks. Mm. Uh, but it was fun. It was a lot of fun. Speaking of the drums, I did have to sweep, sweep in and help rescue a bass drum that slipped <laughs> off one of the uh, one of the bleachers. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. I heard, oh, no. <laughs> heard a noise that should not have been over there. I look over and, uh, yeah, like the leg had slipped off the slipped off the um, the bleacher. So I was like, I ran down there real quick to help pick it up. Mason doing custodial work for uh, Ralph Cordy Stadium in the supporters section. Tip of the cap to Mason. Uh, not looking forward to another Sunday night game. <laughs> <laughs> but it is what it is. It's playoff football, ladies and gentlemen. 
Playoffs? Playoffs? Talking about playoffs? We're talking about playoffs? We are talking about playoffs. Stop it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, one other uh, shout out from the uh, tailgate with the St. Luligans, the Punks, No Nap City, Riot Girls. Who else was there? Uh, Everybody was there. Everyone was there. (laughs) Uh, uh, Saw some of the kicks, the new uh, Copas uh, by Adidas that uh, in the city, St. Louis City SC colors, the pink and all that. Yeah. Yeah. Look pretty sharp. Starting the own drinking game. Yeah. Every time you saw a pair, you had to have a drink. Yeah, I got roped into that. <laughs> but uh, that's it for that game. And for City 2, we actually have a little bit of news about the first team. And it's more partners. Woohoo! Uh, they have now official healthcare providers. BJC Healthcare. And if I'm correct, that's Barnes Jewish. Is that right? I don't correct. know. Is it? Yep. And uh, Washington BJC University should be Barnes Jewish. Yeah, BJC Healthcare and Washington University Orthopedics are official as uh, medical providers for St. Louis City SC. BJC is the official healthcare provider, while WashU Orthopedics will provide the team's physicians. Um, BJC will get some ad space on the right sleeve of the first team's jerseys if we ever see them, and. Uh, it's named Splayed across the front of the training and academy team's kits. Uh, meanwhile, Wash U Orthopedics gets the naming rights to the club's new state-of-the-art training center just there south of the stadium. Mm-hmm. I do want to say, though, uh, having that uh, any sort of sponsor on the front of the jersey will definitely make it all come together and actually feel like a real jersey for those for those guys playing on that team and for the fans in the stands. That is true. Yeah. I am very much looking forward to watching this team not just wearing gray that looks like pajamas. <laughs> maybe that'll change. Why? To, ooh, maybe it won't. <laughs> uh, you may be asking, well, what's it matter? Well, new health care providers, MLS is, uh, as a league, is uh, one of the very best in the world at attracting sponsorship money to the point to where uh, Liga Emekis is keeps joining up forces to try to tap into the knowledge of MLS and how to maximize revenue. Uh, and other than seeing their names everywhere, uh, the other big thing is, well, you know, if uh, if the players uh, get hurt, don't get healed, you know who to blame. <laughs> uh, on the other hand, these are respected institutions and uh, and just another piece goes into the jigsaw of building an expansion club heading into their first MLS season. So that's big news. And uh, anything else? Uh, you got the timeline by chance for uh, we did get some information on the timeline for uh, the expansion process for City SC. We did cover that last week, didn't we? Um. I don't believe we did because I believe that came. I believe we got that after. No. Yeah. Yeah. We no, that came. That we out. got that on Thursday. No, it came out on Thursday. But uh, I do have it pulled up. What's the dates you got there? Well, we have the uh, official announcement as per Stephen Goff of Soccer Insider on the Twitter. Uh, MLS announces key offseason dates. November 11th will be St. Louis picks five players in the expansion draft. Five. And then November 14th. Deadline for clubs to exercise option years on on their contracts. November 16th, 
is free agency opens. Then the 17th and the 22nd is the re-entry process, which I believe would be the draft. And then also the next day would be the signing day for other players that didn't get picked in the draft. I'm still not sure how that one works. We'll get into that. I'm sure when it be, you know more becomes clear. Mm-hmm. But then December 21st is the college draft, the MLS Super Draft, and we get to pick first. Let's go. Let's go. And uh, in between those dates, squeezed in there is the silly wintertime World Cup in Qatar. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh yeah, just that little, just that little tournament that say, you know, yeah. no one cares about, right? Because <laughs> yeah. city's more important, right? Yeah, huh. a World... nice quiet off season before the yeah. first MLS season uh, for those that follow the team. World Cup. Hmm. I don't think I'm familiar with this. Must be some new upstart. Well, you'll learn in just a few months. Uh. And that's pretty much the rundown we have for St. Louis City SC. The news gets longer and longer, and excitement gets higher and higher. And we love it. We love it. That's right. So we're going to go ahead and do our usual feature, especially as it comes down to playoffs, especially in the face of all of these drafts, trades, everything's going to happen in November. Let's find out what's going in MLS, and it's uh, good to keep an eye out now because it's going to be really fun to try to spy people and players that you think might fit in the system and might be obtainable by St. Louis City SC, and that list is probably pretty short, to be quite honest. And to lead us through that, we got our own John Campbell. All right, so getting us started with MLS, we actually have our first uh, Discord listener question for the podcast uh, asked by STL Cinderace. He wants to know, they want to know if we can discuss the question of the new sub rule. Cause up until fairly recently, I believe it was the pandemic that started this rule during the MLS's back tournament. Uh, it was only three subs per game per team. And now we have, I believe it's five subs with a, they're adding one for medical emergency only if you've used all five, you can sub off the medical, you know, for someone that has an injury. Um, they wanted to know <laughs> if it would, you know, how this would affect a high pressing team. Uh, if if this would be good, bad or neutral. Um, we briefly answered it in the discord, but uh, M- Mason, do you have a take you'd like to give first? Because you didn't answer in the discord. Yeah, Um because I, I I missed it. I uh, have not been keeping up on the Discord as much as I should be, even though I'm the one that set it up. <laughs> but um, I mean, I'm going to be honest because I didn't watch start watching MLS until pretty recently. I didn't know that it didn't it wasn't always five. <laughs> so <laughs> this is kind of news to me that this is new. Um, now that fits in with all the new fans for soccer with the new team coming in, even yeah. though there's a ton of fans of St. Louis of soccer. Mm hmm. But I mean, I guess like I it I don't really imagine it matters much because both sides get five. No, it, that's kind of way I feel. It's like it, you know, a high press, high energy team can run themselves down, and you bring on fresh legs. But also, part of that is you can run down the other team late. Which but then can they can bring, bring on in five fresh legs, fresh legs yeah. uh, or. A change of structure if uh, if the high press is eating them alive, they can really change the entire structure, bring on half a team, uh, basically. 
Uh, I, I guess what it really comes down to is how good a bench you have. And benches in MLS depth is the hardest thing to do under the roster rules. And especially for expansion teams, that's where you get hurt is you can't build depth. That usually takes time. Yeah, with that in mind, because I hadn't really thought about it until you said it, that's, I think, more int- like a more interesting impact of it is is having to have a, a better depth, a better bench, um, more capable players who can come in like for like um, with your starters. I will say this. Um, my opinion is that it is inherently good, if nothing else, for the sport that you can have more subs. I don't um, disagree with because that. it it allows it, it not only allows you to make like for like and not allows not only allows you to bring in fresh legs and yeah the other team gets fresh legs but you can make those rost those those on pitch tweaks like if someone is not so much in form but you have a backup plan you can make uh structural tweaks you can make uh, other tweaks in ways that, uh, to put it the way that Mason's put it before, become more incisive in your passing and in your runs. Uh, and you can really start giving defenses fits because they've spent all week planning for one style and now you hit them with a completely different thing. You end up running them out a lot faster and you and they might put on other people, but they have to come up with a plan on the fly. And it, it, in the end, especially for a high-press team, when you're bossing the midfield like we plan to do and and have been for most of this season for city too i definitely think it's going to end up being in our favor that we have more versatility in our substitutions and uh for people that aren't familiar with the rule there's five subs but you still only get three windows to make subs uh so you can't just tweak it here tweak it there tweak it here i do believe halftime subs which are pretty rare um can be done for free that doesn't count as a window but you only get three opportunities to bring in the five players during the game so if a coach brings somebody on for an injury early on somebody gets injured early in the second half then the other three subs all have to come in at once later in the game so there is still some tactical noose uh, to all this and how you manage it and early injuries have been known to tie hands of uh, coaches uh, going forward when they sometimes replace people or make tactical switches with their three players that they didn't end up actually needing. So it just adds uh, another element of complexity to a incredibly complex, simple game. I, I will say um, that uh, you saying that the only the windows and like my immediate like joke counterpoint was like, yeah, we're not instituting line changes like hockey. But then I was like, Actually, I bet that would be really fun if everyone is just going all out all the time. It, I feel like that might be part of maybe futsal or indoor soccer. Uh, maybe not. I don't remember. I've no, seen, you're you're, think, you're thinking of indoor soccer. That yeah. is indoor soccer where you make lit, you literally make changes on the fly, and it is possible. You're you're basically thinking of lacrosse as well because that's yeah. also what lacrosse does. So it makes for a more exciting game for sure. And. Uh, just bringing on five and doing a line change. I've seen it. Don't see it very often. It's not usually the wisest course of action, but uh, especially early days with this when the coaches hadn't figured it all out. I had seen five players come in at once. Just not very often. Well, I think we've 
pretty much talked that one out. If you have more questions, please join the Discord and you can ask for more clarification later. And I will be on Mason to make sure he's more up on Discord because I know he's on it. He's on it about as much as Twitter. He might as well just start answering your questions. Mason, this is me calling you out live on podcast. Live on a recording. <laughs> and yet, whomst is the master of the recording? Whomst? Mason, I swear. <laughs> I won't. You're, you're really hung up about this whomst, aren't you? <laughs> whomst? All right, carry on. Enough of this silly. Uh, whomst? Playoffs. Playoffs. <laughs> Homes. Playoffs. Well, yes. No, actually, playoffs. Because um, we're coming down to the last two weeks of MLS. It may is, it's time to start talking MLS playoffs, not just next pro playoffs. Because the LAFC has just clinched number one spot in the West officially. Uh, they are level on points with the Union for that Supporters' Shield race. And that's going to be very interesting because they both only have two games left, I believe. Um, that's going to be interesting to watch. Austin FC and FC Dallas have clinched in the West, but they don't have a seed yet because they haven't clinched a specific spot number. As for the East, the Union, CF Montreal, and Red Bulls New York have all clinched spots, but no one has a set seed yet. So there's still a mathematical possibility that Red Bulls could claim number one spot and throw everything out of whack. Um, also... Montreal, congrats for sticking around this long. I'm very proud of you. Uh, you think it's wild that uh, Red Bull New York can grab that number one seed? Look what happened with the Colorado Rapids last year, coming out of nowhere and bypassing. Sports I, uh, I, I'm not. I'm not here to talk about the past. I'm not here to talk about the past. <laughs> <laughs> Why you got to bring up old stuff? I'm not here to talk about the past. I'm going full St. Louis Mark McGuire. I'm not here to talk about the past. Except that's literally what we're doing by talking about past week. Any no habla. <laughs> uh, but yes, if the playoffs were to start today, the current matchups would be the Union hold currently holding top spot in the East with the bye, and the L and LAFC having the bye in the West. Um, in the East, the matches would be Montreal hosting Miami, Miami uh, Red Bulls hosting Cincy, and NYCFC quote unquote hosting Orlando because they still don't have a home stadium and nothing you can. No, no, no piece of printer paper can convince me that they have a home stadium. They don't have a home stadium. Uh, out in the West, Austin would be hosting the Galaxy. Dallas would be hosting the Loons. And Nashville would be hosting the Timbers. Ooh, spicy. Some interesting matchups for sure. Some long distance. Um, but I, I, I definitely think that there's not, there's, there's not enough rivalry in it for me. I really want to find a way to make it so that there's a New York Derby in the East for the first round matchup. And Atlanta Why? and Orlando in the East as well. That'd be sweet. Oh, that'd be great. Uh, FC Dallas and Austin in the West in the first round. Absolute bonkers stuff right there. That, that is, but, but also you could see that you could still see those matchups in the later rounds. I just don't think they're going to happen because. Let's be real. I'm not sure NYCFC is built for a deep run. Well, we'll see. How about hell is real in the playoffs <laughs> with FC Cincinnati hosting the Columbus crew in a playoff match with those, you know, <laughs> success starved fans in Cincinnati that keep pouring out to watch a moribund team. 
this year got a really exciting team and a fairly good one. I that'd be fun. That would be fun. Oh, I think it'd be amazing to watch. But at the moment, the crew are not in a playoff spot. And joining them in just for reference in that in those slots are Atlanta, Charlotte, and the Revolution. Yes, the Supporter Shields winners from last year are not in a playoff spot. They are four points out with two games to go. But excuse me, if the crew can could just figure out how to stop letting up late goals and leveling games instead of, you know, actively closing out a game. If they keep oh. doing that, they're not going to make the playoffs. You need points. You have two games. <laughs> They've lost so many points from the 75th minute on when they're leading matches. They've lost something like 21 points this season. It's it's unimaginable. Just just giving up. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, if they don't make the playoff, Caleb Porter is gone. That's almost a given. They do make the playoffs. They're one and out. Maybe he should be gone because this is terrible. They bunker down. They don't play the same way, and they give up games. Because uh, Caleb Porter really changed the sport when he was at the University of Akron in this country. But those days are gone. And now as a head coach, he's really relying upon those some old-fashioned ways that just aren't cutting it in a new, more vibrant, more exciting MLS with better talent and better coaches it's almost like the rest of the coaches in the league kind of figured him out and then next thing you know ever there's it's so much more diverse tactically in this league than it was even 10 years ago um like even when i i remember watching uh games in college and realizing okay this team's gonna play the exact same game every single time and i know this game's gonna be a win this one's gonna be a loss but now there's so many different strategies out there tactical positionings formations different players feeling different spots to do a di- it there's so much nuance to it now it's the, it's the league the, uh, has really it, grown it's every given sunday now yeah and a coach like caleb porter has just become stale and stodgy He's now flexible in his taxic, tactics, and you, you've seen it so often in MLS. Uh, Jim Curtin's been uh, the coach of the union. He's evolved. He's changed his uh, tactics, evolved to change with the talent he has, and has come up with a system that's been extremely successful for the last three or four years. So hats off to him. Uh, Porter is looking old and tired now all of a sudden. Definitely not a discussion we would have had just a couple of years ago. No, Honestly. not at all. Not at all. Although, yeah, it will be sad that we don't get to ride the pa- Caleb Porter wave anymore. But it looks like it looks like the wave has died down. It's okay. I'm I'm ready and waiting for uh, Finding Steel to to uh, bring the pink wave to the United States. Lutz ball. Lutz ball. Lutz ball. Uh, <laughs> Helmsman Bradley Carnell. Ah, yes. Still, I'm upset that I didn't get to go to that game. There was a theme ticket for the Cardinals where you could get, you showed up to the evening game, you got the the Cardinals themed, but it was like a soccer jersey. But then if you bought the theme ticket, you also got a scarf that was limited edition. Yeah, I, we heard Very some people. Very mad I didn't get that scarf. We heard some people talking about this at the tailgate, actually, I think. Yeah, I knew it was going on, but that's, I don't really... F- I'm working remote for a company in St. Louis, uh, not really wanting to commute there. I I had missed it. I did not know what they were talking about. <laughs> it was it was a cool looking scarf. I wanted to go for the scarf, but yeah, there will be other other special scarves and 
you know, just like the Cardinals do for the Blues every year, they're going to do it for the for City every year. It's going to happen. You're going to have crossover nights because that's just what St. Louis sports is all about. So we talked 100%. about the we talked about the playoffs, but uh, how many weeks we got left, and uh, what can we expect in uh, the short window before MLS playoffs get decided? Well, we have officially two weeks left before playoffs. Um, and it's very truncated this year because they're trying to get the playoffs done before the World Cup happens. Um, that way we can get all of the off-season drafts and everything else also done before the World Cup. Um, I believe we're coming up on a break for the international window, so we won't... I don't, I don't think we'll see many more than, like, a game or two a weekend... this weekend. Uh, but two weeks left. Most teams are on two games left. Some have three, so they'll have to play one during the international window or a midweek. We'll see how that one runs, but it's going to be one hell of a run up to decision day, um, especially with some of the uh, on-field results we got this last week. Sporting KC is finally eliminated, but they did not go quietly because they needed a win in both games, and they got a win in both games. A 3-0 thrashing of DCU midweek, and then a 4-1 stomping of the loons over the weekend, but they didn't get the help they needed. It happens. You move on to next season. We're pretty stoked. Uh, but the Galaxy too are little, dropping more points. Oh, absolutely. Too little, too late. 100%. Uh, with the Loons, they were flying high, and then Bebe Reynoso got hurt, and they have not been winning and gaining points, and they're in trouble. Right there is almost a candidacy for Bebe Reynoso uh, to get on the short list for MVP just simply because with him, they're quite good. Without him, they're nothing. I'm not sure I'd call it MVP as much as I'd say relying too heavily on a talisman to take your team to the next level and ride that talisman through all waves. This is where the depth comes it, in. It, in the most literal sense of the term, most valuable he is player. the most valuable player to <laughs> Minnesota United. Him and Hanny Mukhtar. Correct. Bastion Jerusi. But most valuable so. player for a specific team may not be the most valuable player in the entire league. You can win games without an MVP, but you can't have a good you you can't have a good season without an MVP. All semantics. If that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, you can yeah. have bad <laughs> runs without your MVP, but if your entire season is iffy at best and you still have the quote unquote MVP, is he really the MVP? It's the glories of an MVP award is uh you can discuss and argue and it's been going on age, you know, for ages about this. Don't define it. Leave it open. Have discussion and let the it's players vote award. on it like the Premier League does. Let the players vote for the MVP. They decide. They know who's the most important player on the pitch at all times. Look, the so simple fact of the simple fact of the matter is that the MVP is Shohei Otani, and that just is a flat fact in every sport for this year. <laughs> Incorrect. Incorrect. But I digress because we all know it's Paul Goldschmidt, Mr. I'm fighting for a triple crown right now. But that's a different podcast. Uh, we have some more results for you. The Galaxy continue to drop points. Uh, they get some back of the weekend. They, they, I believe they lost to the Whitecaps and then ended up beating the Rapids. Beat the hell Can out of them. Can you confirm that for me? Because I yeah. could be wrong on that. 
they got stomped by Vancouver too. Three. Vancouver nil. also stomped Seattle. Yeah. So Vancouver had a big week, and they're back in the picture here at the, you know, at the toll of the bell. Let's say. Yeah. Oh, it it just goes to show you they're doing the same thing they did last year, where they're trying to squeak in by the by the hairs on their chinny chin chin, and they're using an uh, a rivalry game, which as as we talked about earlier you could be eliminated from the playoffs and still go into a rivalry game and still win because why not it's a rivalry game you gotta win the derbies you have to those are must win regardless of the outcome of your season you have you have my thanks portland timbers too oh always (laughs) always gotta gotta say thank you to the tubers for that one um Speaking of teams that are dropping below the line, the Columbus crew have dropped after losing to Miami midweek. The Miami also gained some ground by winning over DCU, DC United over the weekend. So they swapped spots, and now the crew are out of a spot. Miami looks like they might have a chance of holding it. They Yeah, they're in a spot right now. Yeah, the armchair analyst uh, Matt Doyle, MLSsoccer.com, uh, put out a tweet that goes, I'm loving the uh, Higuainasats. <laughs> the renaissance of uh, Gonzalo Higuain uh, ever since uh, Pozuelo, uh, and Pozuelo Higuain, came man. there and they team up and Higuain no longer has to make the killer pass so that he can score a killer goal. He only has to do one part of that and uh, he's up for that. And again, Phil Neville, what a job keeping him in line and getting this team back together. And Chris Henderson uh, overcoming all the penalties to cobble together MLS veterans and taking a risk on Pozuelo for like 150 in GAM or 300,000 in GAM. Uh, they can make the playoffs when we everybody was picking them to be dead last. Yeah. No, Inner is still probably my favorite team to watch in the league right now. You just like Ray Hudson. <laughs> I, that's also true. But no, they're just, it's really exciting and... They've come back from nothing to they are now in a playoff spot. They, they used to be the boringest team to watch in MLS, and now they're one of the most exciting. If we're talking about coming from literally nothing into being an exciting team to watch, are we just not going to talk about the fact that literally Cincinnati has gone from wooden spoon of the last three years to now being arguably one of the most exciting and dangerous teams in MLS at the I- yeah, uh, they are as well. Yeah, they are as well. But Cincinnati, Cincinnati doesn't have the added bonus of self self inflicted financial implosion. I disagree, sir. Yeah, Cincinnati has has been poorly mismanaged the first couple of years. I'm not gonna lie. So, but as badly as Miami, <laughs> it, they self imposed it by not trying too hard, and Miami imposed it by trying too hard. There is a trend here. Uh. My Inter Miami got uh, hired their new GM from Seattle, and Cincinnati went and got the GM and head coach from the Philadelphia Union. Get people from systems that know how to win. Look at the difference it's made in these two teams that were in bad shape, and their climb has been astronomical. Even more for Cincy than Miami, but Miami's playing very well. Some real earth-shattering analysis there, I think. <laughs> um, but I have to say, speaking of teams that are proven systems, it looks like the Death Star is finally imploding, and we may see a year without Seattle even making the playoffs, and Boom. I cannot be any happier about it. 
Oh, I cannot be happier about this. Because <laughs> if I'm not making the playoffs, at least they're not making it either. <laughs> if I'm going down, I'm taking you with me. <laughs> oh, yeah. We have a game against them uh, in the next... It's Well, I say we. Sporting has a game against Seattle in the next two weeks. And I believe it's actually on decision day. So we could be the final nail in their coffin. And boy, does that make me excited. The C- the KC Seattle game is their next game. It's not the decision day game. Oh, well, I think that still has. Imp- I, th- I think if we win, if sporting wins, I think they still have a chance to eradicate Seattle from the playoff picture. And I'm happy about eradicate. it. Eradicate. <laughs> and to revisit the uh, most valuable player concept, they Seattle wins CONCACAF Champions League. With Jao Paulo, have to sacrifice him for the whole season, and they have their worst season in their existence. There's a guy that should always be on the short list for most valuable player. Oh, always. Absolutely. I would agree with you on that one 100%. Um, One last note before we move on from MLS, though. The Revolution lost two in a row. They are four points out with two games to go. It's going to be really hard to claw that one back, and I I just... They kind of quietly went down, dropped down the list, and I just don't know what happened. Uh, What happened to these guys? What happened to them is that they're challenging the crew for that record of uh, most points dropped at the end of games from winning positions. They're doing the same thing to the crew, and they're both in about the same position. Just can't do that. I'm I'm sorry. I need to correct myself. They've lost three in a row now. They just lost both over the last week, but they've lost three in a row. I personally, I would not uh, challenge for that record, actually. I would try and get more points, <laughs> but that's just me. I'm built different. <laughs> He's funny that way. Oh, wow. Absolutely, absolutely, you know, uh, PhD-level analysis from from the outsider Mason. See, that's the insight that Enter uh, miami and uh, FC Cincinnati yeah. got from hiring uh, <laughs> the GMs from a, a good franchise. Yeah, I was going to say, if anyone's looking uh, looking to fill a GM position, I am available. <laughs> Anything more from MLS, or shall we move on to uh, something more exciting happening over the weekend? Well, I don't have anything else for MLS, but uh, I do have something I teased last week. Uh, we do have our USMNT roster for this upcoming September window for our international friendlies. The roster's already been dropped. It's been out for almost a whole week now, so I won't bore you with all the names listed off. But we do already have changes to said roster. Mark McKenzie and Eric Palmer-Brown have been brought in to replace Chris Richards and Cameron Carter-Vickers. Also, Johnny Cardoso has been brought in to replace Mm. Eunice Musa. Yeah, there's a like for like. uh, That's... I'm not sure I like that one. Um, <laughs> I would have much preferred someone by the uh, by the name of uh, Jean Luca, but you know, okay, Greg, you've got. We'll see how this goes. Uh, but no, they they were they're they've all taken uh, Richards, Vickers, and Musa have all taken small knocks, so they've been left off. Um, there are a couple other names that are pretty well-known quantities in this in this group and they've been again left off because they either just recently moved clubs or you know they're trying to get back into form um and to me honestly this whole group looks more like uh i i know who i'm bringing for sure and some of them are not going to be on this roster but 
I want to start looking at some depth guys one last time just in case. Yeah, uh, I'll respectfully push back on that a little bit. Really, the guys he's bringing in are the three challenging positions. It's striker at uh, uh, depth at the fullback positions, and it's center back. Uh, Cameron Carter-Vickers really gets hurt by being hurt uh, in this case, really does. Uh, Sam Vines, people like that are coming in. Uh, One thing still hasn't really been addressed is that depth behind Tyler Adams. I guess it's uh, Costa who's done well, but, uh, you know, something happens and those two guys are in. There's nobody to replace that because that's hard to replace, to be quite honest. Uh, But otherwise, it's going to be hard to get these guys time to shine when he also has to shine up the ones that are on the squad and get them ready for the world cup, because this is it. There's no other ones as normal, you know, in a normal year without, uh, you know, being forced with this crazy schedule because of fraud. (laughs) Yeah, no, no. FIFA is an upstanding and certainly not criminal organization. They would never take bribes. I am sure. Yeah. Oh, definitely not. Not at all. But no, I, I, I can see what you're saying there, Mike. Uh, I mean, with Sam Vines coming in, challenging for a spot, CCV and EPP vying for spots in places that we are not 100% sure in on the depth, guys. Um, but one question I have to ask is, um, well, two questions, really. Um, first off, no John Brooks. We all called that one. Yeah. Just going to get that off the table right now. And we, we all know, it. I think this is effectively it for John Brooks as far as the U.S. men's national team is concerned. He can't yeah. play the um, system. That, that train has sailed. Yeah, 100%. But uh, not picking Tim Ream, who was playing very well in my from what I've seen at Fulham right now. That's a bit of a bold decision. If he doesn't make the plane, I, I will disagree with you on that one. But uh, I think the one question we're all asking here is, where is PFOC? He is literally tearing up the Bundesliga for Union Berlin, who are actively leading the league right now. Where is PFOC? PFOC doesn't fit the system. He does not fit in the system. Uh, Ferreira makes it run. He might not be scoring, but boy, with the, so much talent loaded on the wings and possibly with the uh, Gio Reyna goes into midfield, there's enough scoring talent there. He opens up spaces and now he's scoring as well in his professional league. Uh, PFOC, I, I just don't think he's been really fit in uh, as well. And Josh Sargent, if he's scoring, he actually does more for the team overall entirety of his game. I'll, I'll, I can understand that, but I think the PFOC not fitting into the system is, is less of him not being the right skill set and more of didn't have enough time to get in form and show himself in front of Berhalter. So I think we have not seen the last of PFOC. But no, I don't I, think so. I really either. hope that the two, oh, the two of them are going to get their shot next cycle for sure. Um, you could throw Haji right in that as well. Oh, absolutely. And if Pepe doesn't get his his form right, which he has scored for the first time in almost a literal year, everybody, Pepe might be getting back into form now, and I'm very happy about that. Um, but no, I, I even if Pepe gets back in form, I I do agree with you that Jesus is 100 percent that starting number nine for us. 
game in, game out because he does all of the extra work other than just cherry picking. He checks back into the midfield. He makes the runs. He makes good passes. He can slide out wide if he really has to. Plus, him and Areola are just their besties right now. And uh, Pepe and Ferreira played so well together. It could be that Pepe was picked over PFOC because Pepe has a skill set that fits better in the system. But he's lost confidence. Maybe Berhalter's thinking uh, he brings him in, maybe he can gain some confidence to see what he's got. Because form for league can be a fallacy for the national team. If you fit the system and you fit right and you can gain confidence, you could play where you really don't shine for your uh, club team. Uh, international football is that different. Then we've also seen it on the flip side where you could be absolutely exiled from your national team and still tear it up for your club team. Absolutely. Chicharito. Sorry. <laughs> I, I have I have a, a, a small little pee in my in my throat. Giovinco. Mm. Yes, I would also agree with that one for sure. Um but yeah, those those are the the big thoughts I had on this one. Did I miss anything for this roster? No, it wasn't that surprising. It's more how are they going to perform? How sharp are they? Uh, <laughs> who, who survives until they get there and doesn't get hurt? Because that's been a real problem here of late. And uh, uh, we'll do a rundown, recap the games. The schedule's bad for recording for us, but we'll go over it and try to get an overview. Maybe get some outside help, perhaps. Perhaps. But speaking our, of... Our- I do 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 I know this person? Are we are we calling back in an old friend? Perhaps, perhaps, perhaps. accessing, yes. working yes. on it. Do not do not want to promise anything, but perhaps. But speaking of the games, they are coming up. They will be played before you hear from us next. So, on Friday, the twenty third, at the glorious time of seven twenty six a.m. <laughs> <laughs> the USMNT is playing Japan. Uh, that's Across on... the dateline, too. Yeah. Well, they're in Germany, apparently. Oh, that's <laughs> so... right. The, the, the World Cup teams are trying to get yeah. over to that area. But it's still at... It's Dusseldorf, still... <laughs> to be specific. Yeah, it's listed at 7.26 a.m., which is a, a fun time to start a football game. Um, oh, the Premier League fans do it every weekend. No, oh, I'm not. Yeah, I'm not like talking noon. about it being. That's like a noon start over there. I'm not talking about it being at seven in the morning. I'm talking about it being listed at seven twenty-six. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, no, that's that's fair. Specifically, that's like yeah. saying, oh yeah, I'll be there at four thirty-five. Yeah. Um. But anyway. Um. So that's on Friday. On Tuesday, the twenty-seventh, we have Saudi Arabia coming up. Uh. Don't know where that one is. It's currently listed at 1 p.m., but these times have changed since I last checked on them, so keep an eye on them. And we'll keep an eye on it, just because you said so, Mason. (laughs) Hey, I got to do something, right? Yes. You guys got anything to add before we close out this week's show? That's everything for me. I've got nothing. Well, I think I've said this before. I'm your host, Mike Turner. I'm your producer, Mason. And I'm your cave-dwelling hooligan, Sean. And we are proud to be the Soccer Capital Podcast. Thanks for listening. Bye for now. 